Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HR Works Podcast, brought to you by HR Daily Advisor. I'm your guest host, Josh Zygmunt, Content Director for Simplify Media. The HR Works Podcast provides clear, relevant, and actionable information on topics that matter to you, the HR professional. When you're armed with the best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional service to your organization, HR just works. In today's episode, we're joined by Faith Brinkley, an HR consultant at Performance Point LLC, a Memphis-based national consulting and training firm specializing in culture building, leadership, and people initiatives. Faith is a rising star within the HR community, focused on constructing inclusive work environments that are rich in employee engagement and building excellence. In her time as an HR consultant with Performance Point, she has helped develop and conduct field research and worked with clients on providing a true snapshot of their corporate culture, all while working toward a goal of changing the face of work environments. Faith recently contributed a feature article for the HR Daily Advisor titled, What Gen Z Wants in the Workplace, offering a great first-hand snapshot of what the latest generation of workers are looking for as they embark on their careers. We brought Faith on today as part of HR Learning and Development Week to really share her insight on what L&D means for Gen Z employees. So Faith, welcome to the HR Works Podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, it's great to have you on. It's great to get you introduced to our audience. Although some of them, I'm sure, have read your article that was up on HR Daily Advisor, a great snapshot of Gen Z in the workplace and what they're looking for as they embark on their careers. So again, this is a great opportunity to bring you on as we're having discussions around learning and development this week to share the Gen Z insight on learning and development in the workplace as you're trying to advance and build your careers. So before we jump in, Faith, if you could just walk us through your career path a bit as you're really getting started in your career in human resources and share what got you interested in pursuing a career in human resources and people operations? Yeah, so um, I graduated in 2020 with a bachelor's in healthcare leadership from the University of Memphis. Uh, So what got me started down the HR path is actually a class I took in college that was focused in human resources. I enjoyed it so much, I decided to do my internship in the HR department at Christ Community Health Services, which is a nonprofit healthcare organization in Memphis, Tennessee. And while I was there, I just absolutely fell in love with HR and building rapport with the employees, helping with training and orientation. And um, that's actually how I got connected to Brad. And now I've been working for him for almost three years. All right. And that's Brad Fetterman, also a Performance Point LLC. And Brad's been a guest on the HR Works podcast. So again, it's great to have another member of the Performance Point family joining the podcast here. So tell us a bit, Faith, about what you're working on now with Performance Point. Yeah, so I mainly focus on data analytics. And what I mean by that, our company conducts multiple types of surveys from employee engagement to 360 uh, leadership development to even customer satisfaction. I mean, you name a survey, we can probably get it for you. So I build those surveys, I collect the data, and then I uh, present that data to the client via dashboards, reports to help them implement that into their organizations. I've also had the opportunity to do other things like uh, on-site client support, writing some handbooks, HR audits, and other awesome things. That's great. And from what I understand is we were catching up before recording this podcast. You've also been working for the last two years with the SHRM branch in Memphis. So tell us a bit more about working with SHRM. Yeah. So SHRM is a great national resource for human resources. Um, The Memphis chapter under David DeFore, he's our president right now, he's been working tirelessly to make uh, Sure Memphis a great resource for the local Memphis workforce. So working for them, I've had lots of great networking opportunities. I've learned a lot from seeing different leaders in the community and how uh, we can work together to build a great HR workforce. That's great. 
So Faith, we brought you on today to look at learning and development. And I wanted to get your take from the Gen Z perspective of learning and development, what that means to a lot of our younger workers. So let's get us started there. What does the concept of learning and development mean to younger Gen Z and millennial workers who are entering the workforce and really looking to build their careers? And where does upskilling and that idea of development fall in terms of career priorities? Yeah, so I see learning and development as our way of career mobility. The more we know, the more valuable we are to our organizations and the more we can grow. So upskilling is one of the top priorities, I feel, for younger generations. And Gen Z is quickly becoming one of the most educated generations we've seen in the workforce so far. I actually mentioned in my article that uh, 58% of Gen Z employees have a higher ed or post-secondary degree. Wow. I mean, we're ready to learn. We're ready to upskill. And I think it's a top priority for us. Yeah. And what have you seen change with learning and development opportunities over the last few years? I mean, as you mentioned, uh, you graduated in 2020, right in the thick of the COVID pandemic and the shift to the remote era. So, so much has changed just in the workforce day to day. What have you seen impacting learning and development? Yeah. So I believe the later half of 2020, the Pew Research Center put out some statistics. I think they said about 71% of employed adults were working remotely. So with that huge shift, we saw a lot of virtual learning, e-learning, webinars, hybrid learning, um, just really take hold of the learning and development world. And I think that's great because it's easily accessible, easily customizable, and we have ways of making it more interactive. But sometimes I do wonder if it's as effective as in-person learning. Right. Uh, I just know from my personal experience, um, a lot of what I've learned in the field has been from watching my coworkers who have been doing this way longer than I have. So I can sit in a meeting with Brad and listen to how he communicates with clients and learn a lot from that experience. And that's something you just wouldn't get remotely. So while I think we've really taken hold of our technological resources, um, I think it's still vital to still have that in-person connection as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's what we're certainly seeing as organizations, as workers, get comfortable with the post-pandemic era of defining hybrid work or defining what the path is going forward. Is it working fully remote? Is it being in a hybrid environment? Is it going fully back in office and seeing the advantages and sometimes shortcomings from each model? None of them are perfect. They all have their benefits and challenges, but we're finding really what works best for people. And as you mentioned, there's learning opportunities that can be done better in person and are more advantageous in person, but there's also other opportunities that learning remotely now that maybe we hadn't seen previously. You came into the working world in 2020. There's an understanding of using remote technology that didn't exist five, 10 years ago. And the Gen Z workforce is more comfortable using these tools than maybe earlier generations who have come in and are now adapting. So there's a bit of a unique advantage too that I'm seeing with Gen Z in this culture shift. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think when it comes to remote work versus in-office work, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Um, you really have to look at each individual and how they learn best. Um, so I think that's very important to keep in mind when we're considering how we move forward. Absolutely. All right. So what are some steps then as HR leaders are looking to really create those productive learning and development environments for their younger workers that HR leaders can put into practice? Yeah. So I thought of three things that I know helped me greatly um, that I had some personal experience with. So hopefully other people can connect with this yeah. as well. But, sure. um, the first thing I thought of is constant communication. 
because when you have employees that are learning, you know, you can't just give them a task and then disappear. It's really important to have regular check-ins, constant communication, and support those employees while they're learning. Something else I thought of was recognizing the small achievements. So uh, my boss, Brad, is very good at this. I may brag on him a little bit in this podcast. Go for it. Um, but he's very good about recognizing the small things I do, like, for example, proactive communication with clients. On the surface level, you don't think it's that big of a deal. I'm like, well, yeah, Brad, I sent them an email. And he's like, right, but because you were proactive, it led to this, which led to this, and then that builds trust. And and then when you really sit there and you think, oh, okay, it's really important that we promote these behaviors. Um, so recognizing the small things. And then uh, lastly, truly investing in your team. So another personal example is uh, Brad paid for me to get my SHRM CP certification. And I learned a lot through that. So not only did I get a credential in my HR tool belt, but it really fostered a sense of engagement and motivation and loyalty to the company because I felt like Brad truly saw that potential in me. So constant communication, recognizing the small achievements and truly investing, I think are the foundation that you need to have to a successful program. That's great. Yeah. Thank you for that faith. I like that you mentioned noticing the small things too. I think that's a great opportunity for leadership teams to recognize good habits and good practices of their younger employees to really encourage those. I mean, that's, you can, you can really mold and shape the future of your business, the future of organizations and the future of workers by recognizing those small things that maybe get overlooked as being second nature at 20 years into a, a profession, but encouraging those of your newest employees and really recognizing and telling them a good job, right? When something is done well in practice, um, it's really smart. Yeah, exactly. So one thing in learning and development that we're seeing really talked about a lot in the last few years is upskilling and that opportunity to help cover some of the skills gaps that maybe organizations are facing, especially during the great resignation. And that's training and upskilling and providing often soft skills to their workforce, as well as hard skills to keep developing their workers. What are some of the soft skills that Gen Z workers are valuing and that maybe organizations should be focusing on developing within their younger workers that maybe they're not even thinking of? Yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned soft skills because that's what I had in mind um, when I was thinking about this topic. Uh, I know for me personally, and I'm sure a lot of uh, Gen Z employees can relate, but my college classes were online and I did not get a lot of professional human connection outside of my internship and then jumping into the workforce. So I know communication skills were something that I needed help developing. So I actually had uh, Brad, my boss, and then some coworkers uh, like uh, Brian and Mike, if they listen to this, shout out to them, uh, who really helped me just figure out how to phrase things, how to write emails uh, in a professional way, how to really grab hold of that corporate lingo that college didn't teach me. And um, I feel like, you know, with the rise of technology, we've lost a sense of human connection. And I think it's really important to develop that. Now, other younger employees may need help with time management or trying to stay focused at work or other soft skills. Uh, but I know in my case, it was definitely that corporate professional communication that I needed the most help with. And I think that is one of the most valuable backbone skills that you need to have. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, for being honest with that challenge. I think that makes a lot of sense, though, too, when you look at the last two years and especially during 2020, many college graduates didn't have the opportunity to intern in person. 
Oftentimes it was done remotely. And that challenge of being acclimated to an office, I think, came on very quickly, especially now as teams are starting to come back into an office. Many Gen Z employees who are starting with companies haven't had that office experience yet. Uh, So to really help nurture and groom and mentor your young employees is a great opportunity for organizations and focusing on that to really help set them up for success long term. I think that's really smart. Faith, thank you for sharing that as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So what role does employee development then play in the continued success of organizations? Really, why should they be focusing on employee development all the way to their newest employees? Yeah, this one, I really had to summarize it in my head because I thought of so many ways that it's important. I mean, we're talking about succession planning, engagement, retention, productivity, and I could go on from there. But when employees are efficiently and continuously developed, they're more likely to be motivated, more productive, more engaged, and they're more likely to stay. So I don't know. I think I've said backbone about five times already, but <laughs> it's, it is the backbone of the organizations and their future. Yeah. You touched on with succession planning as well. When you can really invest in your newest employees and teach them the culture of the organization and also show that you're really invested in them, that's only going to build that brand affinity, that corporate affinity that will then hopefully lead to long-term employees. And that's a great solution from my perspective to the great resignation is when you really invest and really show that you care about your employees. And that can be done through learning and development and trying to grow them as professionals. You then build loyalty within the company. I think that's what we've certainly seen. And again, makes all that much more sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. We want to be inspired by the work that we do and we want to be challenged I think something I mentioned in my article is that we're young, but we will not be underestimated. So It was a great line. I definitely remember yeah. that. Yeah. So we always want ways to learn and, and making that investment in us is really going to pay off in the long run. Yeah. How is networking and networking tools such as LinkedIn, how, have that, how has that changed learning and development opportunities? I think that's something that we're certainly seeing grow over the last few years is the utilization of those networking tools. Beyond, again, just having the water cooler conversation or somebody that you could run into maybe in office. Yeah. So I'll be honest, I'm a little new to the LinkedIn world. Um, when I was in college, I didn't I wasn't pushed to get on there. But I know LinkedIn um, Handshake, I believe it's called, and yep. some other platforms that colleges are really starting to push their students to join. And I think that's amazing. Um, in the short time that I have been on LinkedIn and trying to be more active on it, I've connected with people in the Memphis area that I never would have met otherwise. And uh, even students who are seeking jobs, I think it's a great way to reach out and connect with people. It's almost like putting your resume out there without having to send it, you know, and it's easier to make those connections than going door to door with a paper application like we used to. Right. Absolutely. Well, we're seeing a lot of value in mentorship opportunities too. I think anyone who's had a mentor has been a mentor really sees the value in those relationships. And I think LinkedIn, Handshake, any of the applications that currently exist in the market are great opportunities to create those mentorship relationships. Um, And that can really be crucial, especially in learning development and just developing young leaders. Absolutely. All right, Faith. So as we're looking at trends in the L&D world, especially with young professionals, what are some trends that you're excited about and that you think are here to stay? So I know I mentioned it earlier, but e-learning, hybrid learning, I don't think it's going anywhere. It's so accessible. You can reach wider audiences. 
And especially with hybrid learning, because we do that with our company, we have a whole audience online and in person at the same time. So it really can fit everyone's schedule and where they can be physically. Um, And then with e-learning, we have interactive tools that we can use. So it's almost like playing a game now, which helps people be more engaged than if we had, you know, death by PowerPoint or whatever else. Um, so I think those types of virtual learning opportunities are not going anywhere. And honestly, just career pathing in general that's tied to learning and development. You know, we no longer have organizations telling us, all right, here's your five-year plan. Here's where we're going to take you. And you're going to like that. <laughs> we we have more of a choice. And so we're not just learning general skills. We're learning a personalized curriculum for what we want to do with our futures. And I I hope that trend is definitely here to stay. I love that you touched on career pathing. I think that really points to where we're seeing the trend of of learning development becoming more personalized. I think that's something that has certainly stood out to me over the past few years. It almost falls in line with so much else that is being personalized in our day-to-day lives, Mm -hmm. right? Talk about anything down to what's in your Netflix queue to what's in your shopping cart on Amazon. Everything is dialed into exactly who you are and what you're looking for. The same could be said with learning and development opportunities and working with your managers to come up with where you're looking to go and providing the learning opportunities that can get you there. I think that's really what stood out to me in the changes over the past few years with learning development. It's more catered to the individual, which is a great opportunity and will conversely get individuals and get workers more invested in those learning opportunities because, again, it's helping you out. There's actual value to it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think that's so exciting um, that we get to have more of a say-so in, in how we're working. Yeah, you mentioned just the gamification of learning. Microlearning has really been an interesting piece to, to look at. Making it more accessible, consumable, falls right in line again in syncing with technology. Whether you're looking at the TikToks and Instagrams of the world, things that are shorter and more consumable and, and faster moving, learning can follow in that same process. And we're seeing that with gamification of learning and development opportunities. That's what really excites me looking at the industry and where that's going. Oh, yeah. It's very exciting to see. All right. So Faith, as a newer member to the HR community, what have you learned about yourself over the past two years that has really made you more successful in your role? Yeah. So this may sound a little cheesy, but something I learned about myself is that I know more than I think I do. And I feel like with the younger workforce, at least in my case, I may not be speaking for everyone, of course, but I always struggled with self-confidence and I was always afraid that I was going to say the wrong thing or somebody would ask me a question and I wouldn't know the answer. And so my boss really um, ingrained in me, he said, Faith, 99% of mistakes are fixable. And over the past few years in the workforce, I've really had to learn, okay, I know more than I think I do. I can trust myself. And just through growing that self-confidence, I've made career moves that I never thought I'd be able to make, like being on this podcast, for example. I never thought I'd be doing a great job at it. Yeah, thank you. Um, So I really think it's important that as we get out of college and actually enter the real world, um, we give ourselves some grace and some credit and say, hey, we we do know what we're talking about. Absolutely. That's a great takeaway from the last two years. And again, it speaks to what leadership teams can do for their younger employees is encouraging them that they can do it, right? That you are capable, that you know more than you think you know, and bringing them to the forefront. And that can be learning and development 
without having to be in a classroom, right? That can just be mentoring, coaching, and really helping to build up your next employees. I think that's so crucial and is something that can easily be done across an organization with a little bit of intention. Absolutely. Yep. That's great. So Faith, has there been any advice that you've received? I know you just gave that great nugget from Brad. Any other piece of advice that you've received that you could pay it forward to our other listeners that maybe they can use? Yeah. So I did have one, but now I have two (laughs) that I think are very important. We've got room for multiple. Yeah. So um, Brad and some of our other coaches have been doing a lot of culture work lately. And something I've learned through listening to them is that um, people value authenticity. And I think it's really important that we recognize that we are humans and we are not corporate robots. And I think the idea of leaving your emotions, leaving your personal life at the door is outdated and unhealthy. Um, So I think, you know, my first piece of advice is to allow yourself to be human. And I think people value your humanity more than you think they do. Uh, My second piece of advice that I want to add just now is to ask questions. Uh, Something that my coworkers have told me a lot is they're like, you're not afraid to ask for help. You're not afraid to ask for advice. If you don't know, you're going to ask. And I didn't realize that wasn't a common practice. Um, So I want to encourage young employees out there, please ask questions. If you aren't sure, just ask someone who you think will be sure. Um, I've learned a lot through that. I have avoided a lot of mistakes through that. And um, I, I don't think you should ever be scared to ask for help when you need it. Thank you for that, Faith. That's a great piece of advice to close out our conversation for Learning and Development Week. Ask questions. It's a great way just to learn and to keep developing yourself in your career. Ask what you don't know about. Share the information you can with your coworkers. All great advice. So again, we're here with Faith Brinkley, HR consultant for Performance Point LLC. Faith, before we close out, I ask this question of all of our guests. When you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the floor, what's the one thing that gets you motivated to start your day? Other than coffee? Um, uh, I would say the fact that I can get up in the morning and look forward to going to work. I think enjoying your job is half the battle and working with coworkers that feel more like family uh, really makes life easier. Great response. Coffee's my number one as well. <laughs> right. I certainly relate on that. But look, Faith Brinkley, thank you again for joining the HR Works podcast. It was a great conversation just again to learn about where L&D is looked at within the Gen Z workforce as they are really growing and taking over the workforce. And we need to make sure that we're prioritizing what the Gen Z workforce is looking for as they look to grow as business professionals and really lead the next wave of organizations. So Faith, thank you for joining the HR Works podcast. We hope to have you back soon. Um, Let's keep the conversation going. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the HR Works podcast. Be sure to check out our new episodes every Tuesday. Follow us on all major streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Audible.